Joe Chu, Real Talk Fire in the house. What's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, Mark? Long time, no speak. <laughs> I I mean, we've known each other for, what, 20 years or something? A long time. But I yeah. guess I, one of my friends saw that I was getting into NFTs last year and was like, yo, have you been talking to Joe about this? And then that was Robbie that had said that and then hit oh, you nice. up and learned that you'd gotten involved in some really good projects and your level is what I aspire to. So it's been cool to reconnect with you and talk about what you got going on since then. Yeah. It's funny that we don't each other for 20 years and we're both only 25. So, you know, yeah, crazy how that works. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, are you interested in marketing, community building, NFTs and crypto, social media, and the metaverse? It's all moving fast and it's easy to be overwhelmed. No one knows the future and no one knows exactly what the intersection of these things will look like. My name is Mark Robinson, and I do my best to break it down as we connect with leaders in the space and figure it out together. Thanks for listening as we laugh, learn, and lean into the future of digital marketing. You want to share a little bit of what you're working on? You've got a really awesome YouTube channel, which has opened up some really cool opportunities and opened up some cool doors. Real Talk Fire, do you want to share a little bit more about what that is? Yeah, so I started documenting my NFT journey back, yeah, I would say 2020-ish. I started off as a finance channel. So the, the FIRE in Real Talk FIRE stands for Financial Independence Retiring Early, uh, something to document me in the, the fiance's journey. So that started, you know, just documenting finance and how NFTs play a part of that is we started talking about uh, cryptocurrency, which is part of my financial journey. Not, not everyone's I know, <laughs> but it was a part of mine. And NFTs came along that way and... I saw it as a financial asset. I know a lot of people might not see it as that. Uh, A speculative one, of course, but I wanted to document the space because I saw how cryptocurrency in its infancy was, you know, shunned or not many people accepted it. And I saw that exact same, same traits and elements within NFTs. And I just knew immediately that NFTs was going to be such a big, big um, part of my financial journey. So I started as much as possible, almost kill myself documenting the space on top of my nine to five job. At that time, I was working in tech in the Bay Area. I've been in the domain name industry for about the last 13 years. So I was doing a strategy for big tech firms like Apple and big Fortune 500 companies. So we handle all their domain names. And what's funny is that I, so I no longer work, long story short, I no longer work with them. I'm a full-time NFT analyst, if if that's even a thing. (laughs) And right when I was leaving, I was doing my exit calls of all my clients. And these are like big companies like Live Nation, Ticketmaster, Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm leaving to do NFTs. And they're like, really? <laughs> and they're all excited for me because they've been asking us like, hey, when are you guys going to sell us the NFT domain names? Um, sorry, not NFT domain names, the uh, crypto domain names. Mm-hmm. And then we just, we couldn't do it because there's no uh, regulation. So our company didn't want to dabble with in, into a space where there's no regulation and they lost a lot of it. <laughs> they lost a lot of business. I mean, they're still number, they're still doing pretty, pretty well. So now crypto domain names are a huge, huge asset that are selling for millions of dollars. Something I saw coming and they should have seen coming because they, they, you know, are the pioneers of this space. Um, they meaning my old company. I'm surprised that they didn't jump on top of this because they jumped on top of a previously unregulated space. <laughs> you would think they would do the same. And so, yeah, we've seen these crypto domain names sell for millions of dollars. What's an example? Is that like a ETH address or what, what kind of yeah. uh, crypto domains are you seeing? So yeah, so bear.eth, that is one that probably sold for millions. 
So those are domain names that are probably any three letters, two letters, four letters are worth like millions of dollars in, in the dot com space. Mm-hmm. So I think that's uh, the same individuals who you know um, started all these domain conferences. They moved all all over to the crypto domain industry, and they probably grabbed all of these within five seconds that it got launched. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, seeing that happen in this space is not not surprising. We're not sure how they're going to utilize it because it's very cumbersome to use. You need like a, a web browser and there's not much utility yet, right? But they might build that on and security and, and whatnot. So right. right now it's just vanity. Like, oh yeah, well, markrobinson.eth. And I never got one because I'm like, I don't want you to know my web address, even though it's public, you know, it's much sure. harder to remember, you know, 42 numbers and letters versus, you know, markrob.eth. But if you got nothing to hide, you're not worried about scammers, then, you know, go ahead and get one. But I'm pretty worried about the scammers. Well, because I have a bigger NFT portfolio or do I? <laughs> I guess I Call wouldn't it, care. Calling me it. out here. He's like, yeah, if no. my portfolio looks like yours. I wouldn't be worried either. But, no, but, that's uh, not, that's true. And it's not true. <laughs> they get every, they can scan this stuff and see value already. Like, sure. yeah. So it's pretty crazy. So on that note, let's, let's maybe dive into security for a second. Are there precautions when you think about like cold wallet storage and that kind of stuff? Like, are there things that people should be taking advantage of and doing to protect these you know, digital assets that people have, you've got a pretty solid portfolio. What have you done to protect that? What does that look like? Yeah, that's a very good question. And I, I made a YouTube video on this and there's, there's a lot more comprehensive stuff out there, but on a high level, there is, it's, it's crazy. So you definitely, if you have, I would say any NFT worth over five figures, right? 10,000 above, or maybe even less for be, uh, best practice, you want to get code storage, uh, which is here. Let me show you. I got a lot of them here <laughs> or oh, the podcast. People can't, people can't see this on the podcast, but I'm showing the video. So these are my hard wallets. I got like six of them right here. Um, and each of them holds different assets. And these are just pretty much, you know, uh, manual processes where automation is great, but automation is where you can find like loopholes and where, you know, bad actors take advantage. So from my 13 years in the domain industry, all we deal with is people trying to infiltrate, you know, banking websites and emails and SSLs. And it happens more and more every day. They're getting smarter and smarter every day. So you never have a silver bullet. You need layers of protection. So this is just like layer one. But then if someone runs this over of a card and you're, I wouldn't say you're screwed, but you know, you need some redundancy. So that's where the uh, recovery phrase is, right? So the recovery phrase is an issue itself, because if you lose it, your house, you don't put in a safe that's, you know, um, knock on wood, you know, there's a fire then that redundancy is gone. Then both your, let's say you wrote, wrote, wrote that down and you didn't put it in a safety deposit box, then <laughs> there it goes, you know, uh, that's where a lot of people lose their Bitcoins. I imagine a lot of people have lost their board apes, you know, that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's one of the things is not only do you need one of these, you need uh, a metal plate that you got to punch the secret recovery phrase in. And I've done this four times, so that's why I know. Wow. <laughs> and then you need to put that, re- that, that metal plate, maybe not in your house, maybe in, uh, safety deposit box like I've done, or you maybe put it, you know, in a secret place that, you know, that you know where it is. So those are some of the things where they don't hundred percent keep you safe because the moment that you connect this to a website, you're vulnerable. So people, the scammers are getting very, very smart. So you can go to a lot of phishing sites. That's normal. That's like beginner scammer. Like we'll fish your email, go to NFT. Okay. I'm saying NFT Seattle <laughs> is not a phishing site, but you know, I'm, I, I don't want to promote it anyways. Let's say, you know, you get an email from Mark Robinson at NFT Seattle. 
and that could be you know faked right they could fake your name they could fake it they, your o could be a, a latin script o right right or, or whatever it is a and they fish it right that's like the beginner's scam. <laughs> They'll send you to a different website. Then you, 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 you enter in like, oh yeah, I want to get a free board ape or whatever it is. And then bam, all your stuff stolen. So even if you have this, even if you have a metal plate, even if you have everything, the biggest vulnerability is you not knowing that you're at a fake site. Right. And, and there's people who run millions of dollars worth of, you know, in management funds and they go through the security training and they still got fish because they thought they got an email from a valid source. Like these guys knew right. like the name of the, of an investor within that company, like they, it's called spear phishing. So they took a spear phishing is when you go for C-level executives and they went straight for that person and, and they might've gotten the real email. So sometimes it's fake emails, sometimes it's real emails. So you're like, oh, this is a real email from, and, and it's like, oh, it's nothing to do with entities. They're like, oh, we just need you to transfer these funds, blah, blah, blah. And then maybe it's a crypto fund, right? So, okay, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll accept like, and bam. And then, so not only would it take your NFTs, it'll take your crypto. So crypto's vulnerable, also not only NFTs. And that's, so that's spear phishing. And now they're coming at you in Discord, meaning it's coming straight from uh, Board at Yacht Club's Instagram, right? I'm not sure if you saw that in the news, Board at Instagram, uh, Board at Yacht Club's Instagram got hacked. So directly from Board Ape, they lost like a hundred million dollar worth of, so wow so you're asking me you're like all right so that's why for me like i see these things i i know like not to connect my wall of anything and if i hear a major announcement people know now well some of the people know they're like they ask they're like hey i heard this announcement <laughs> is it real and then so this happened with clone, clone x and they're in clone x the founders like yes this is real so then people are like all right i'm gonna go do it now because right. hearing it from instagram now and twitter now hearing it from discord now can be fake so yeah, you gotta be very, very careful out there. And that's probably, you know, why, I mean, I don't, I don't think that deters the masses, but it'll, it'll deter some. Uh, sure. And it's, that's one of the good and bad things about being your own bank is that the good thing is that you get to control everything. The bad thing is that you get to control everything. And so you don't have a, some of the safeguards out there. So some people don't mind it. They, they live with that and they're happy, you know, just they're like, I don't mind. I, I know the risk, but at least I'm my own bank. So. So that's some, I mean, I could go on for days. This could be a whole uh, conference a section. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you can fly me up and I can talk all about it. No. Yeah. But primary, yeah. yeah. In my job, my, 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 my nine to five job prior, that's all I would do was just talk to big fortune 500 companies about all your layers of vulnerability. And everyone's like, oh, I got everything figured out, but it's, you, there's no server bullet. There, they're just, there's only ways to slow, slow it down, but there's no way to truly defend it. Gotcha. So bullet points from that takeaways would be like, if you have expensive or high net worth digital assets that you've got, put that stuff in cold storage. Don't ever give out your seed phrase, even punching it into a metal card that you put in a safety deposit box for safekeeping is another good backup plan. And then if you get weird links from Twitter, Instagram, Discord, even if they're not weird links and they look totally legit, double check and don't click right. something unless you know for a fact it is legit and that's kind of verified did i sum that up yeah never click on links bookmark sites and then you want to be really safe you have you have two wallets one for minting and, and then one just to hold stuff so you never interact with a wallet uh, that holds all your assets you interact with a wallet that's like a dummy wallet just to you know it costs money but if you're playing at you know a hundred thousand dollar level then don't let like you know a couple hundred bucks 
be the, your demise. So right. we can, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot, but it's, it's, I say, I'd say it's, I would say simple and spread your assets across is another key point. Meaning like don't hold all your assets into one hard wallet. You can have, you know, a lot of hard wallets, but that's just sure. more layers of risk as well. <laughs> but yeah, so those are some, some key points. Yeah. Great. So you talked about domains and seeing that when that was like crypto domains, when that started to become a really big thing. And then yeah. NFTs was following similar trajectory and that like people didn't know what exactly was happening, but you were in fairly early in that as well. What are for either for individuals or for businesses, what are you seeing right now as opportunities to capitalize on the web three NFT blockchain movement? If I was a business, I would absolutely launch an NFT. I would make it my absolute priority. The opportunity is, I, I think, I, I don't know how to put it into words, but data definitely for business owners is what I see the next few years is going to push the space in terms of headlines, NFTs, because art art and fashion led to Renaissance, which is great, you know, because it got a lot of artists paid and musicians and, and fashion. We've seen a ton of those. But really, you know, Web3 is for, I would say, the best use case for consumers and to have utility and then for companies and brands to incentivize the, that community, which they want to do anyway. Brands want to brainwash people forever. <laughs> and individuals who like to express, you know, themselves through those type of things, or maybe they didn't have the ability before, but now they can, um, it would be very, very useful. Like, I'm not a big person that loves to buy luxury clothes and brands and all that stuff, which is funny. I got caught up in this whole NFT hoopla and like I bought all the stuff to to experiment and I'm like I had never buy these things before and I spent so much money just for documentation purposes but there are things that maybe I would like to share and promote that would get more eyeballs through NFT space but back backtracking just a bit I'll give you a perfect example um the Warriors made the uh playoffs and yesterday I got invited to an in-person Warriors suite a club and Joe Lacum, the owner of Warriors, we don't know if he approved it or not. But basically, uh, NBA Top Shot gave the community, the Golden State Warrior community, a suite, a club. So they invited like 500 people there. Food, beverage, all paid for it to watch a playoff game. It was an away game. So then you go there, you watch the game on a big screen. There's no, there's no game at, at the location. And they're giving out stuff there too, like merch and all that stuff. But you can't go. You cannot go unless you own a Golden State Warriors NBA Top Shot set. So it's not, so it's the NFT, you have to own a set of it. You, you can't just own one of the NFTs. You have to own the Golden State Warriors set. Now that's just the first layer, meaning that uh, they can see data like, hey, you're a Golden State Warrior fan and potentially you live you know, in the Bay Area. Let's give our fans a reward. So guess, guess what we're going to do? We're going to buy more Warriors stuff because we're like, oh, free food, free alcohol, free drinks. And people were there opening NBA Top Shop packs and we we're watching the game. And then we saw, you know, Andrew Wiggins just kill Luka Doncic's career with a dunk. And we're like, we're all going <laughs> to buy that. And we knew NBA Top Shop, well, I'm wearing NBA Top Shop t-shirt. We knew that they were going to make that into an NFT. We're like, they're going to make that NFT. We're buying it. Uh, so that's layer one. Well, layer two, what they're talking about is, all right, now not only do we know that they're going to say Warriors fan, we can tell Joe is the longest Golden State Warriors fan because he's bought it since day one. And and, X, and Mark, he just got involved. Or like or Bob over there, he's 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 not as long as Joe, but he spent $100,000 on the Warriors. And I know, I, this is a true story, I know a friend who spent $100,000 on the Warriors. $100,000 on Warriors NFTs. Absolutely insane. So they're talking about, you know, incentivizing, rewarding 
these layers, different layers of fans, right? So that's data. That's like that. You wouldn't have that data um, back in traditional business. You maybe have like a, a part of it, right? But you don't know if they've right. sold it, right? You don't know. You don't know. Like Mark could have spent that 100000 10 years ago, but he could have sold that to everyone. But now you can see that on the blockchain. Like, hey, Mark didn't sell anything. He has it all, right? He's just bought more. So that's like invaluable data. And for certain brands, they could take advantage of that, right? And then for a fan, that be, they become a super fan. You're like, oh, you're going to make me like... A, they're like, we're going to make Mark an, a customized Golden State Warrior mega fan NFT. You're like, what? <laughs> you know, you're going to be like a fan for life, right? right. Uh, or you get beverages for life. I, I have no idea, right? They can really attach any utility at any time for much needed marketing att attention. And I say that a lot in my YouTube channels where about artists as well, not only brands like NBA, but like I own a lot of artwork, NFTs, but art, sometimes you don't have much eyeballs on it, but they can inject utility and have much needed marketing and make it a marketing piece, right? So mm -hmm. marketing in a universe, you can inject at any time as a business. So you can find ex exciting ways to do that. So I forgot what the question was, but I think I answered it. Like what, what, how would people utilize, what do we see people, um, in web three, like, what do we, what's the question again? <laughs> yeah, no, I think you did answer it. It was, it was questions about what are the upcoming opportunities for people to ah, capitalize yeah. on what's happening with yeah. all this. But I think, I mean, we saw as iOS changed and just some of the different security or privacy laws have updated that people have had a harder time getting their hands on data. And as we move forward where like web three is all about people have control over their own data, right? Yeah. But with NFTs and creating these types of communities that actually for the right people, you get way more data than you've ever had before. And so, yeah. but if you're not positioning yourself to take advantage of that, then you get less and less data, right? So it is an opportunity to collect a really deep set of data on your best customers and use that towards marketing. And a lot of it is a marketing play for these brands to be able to incentivize their best customers. Yeah, absolutely. So for the brand, Definitely a great use case for them. And then for a fan also, if you're, if you've been a fan your whole life, you finally get something on the back mm -hmm. end of it. Cause we know people who had like basements full of like uh, a star Wars toys, but you know, they don't, they'll get like a small snippet on a news clip. Right. But you don't get all the, or potentially the perks, right. Um, right. That you can. And the same thing for sneakerheads. I have like three or four friends off the top of my head. They have sneakers that I've never seen a day of light. They have rooms for these shoes. <laughs> and yep. they have, you know, internally they have pride for it and they don't even run a YouTube channel. They're just like, I'm just a sneaker, a quiet sneakerhead. But now there's things that they can get for being a collector, like a monetary gain as well as a community. And uh, so it's not just monetary, it's a community that comes with it uh, and ways to connect with those people and to give back in different ways. So yeah, there's right. a lot, there's, there, we're just touching the tip of the iceberg. Really, there's so many things that they can do. I'm excited. That's what I'm looking forward to in NFTs. It's not so much the oh, profile picture. Oh, it's great. You know, but like what are businesses going to do? Right. I'm excited to, you know, patronize businesses that do something. And that's why I mean, like maybe there's brands that didn't get the spotlight, but it could be charity. It could be something that, you know, you want to patronize more or be louder on. Those are things that you can do. Yeah. I think the community aspect you just brought up is really cool. Cause if somebody is a star Wars fanboy but they yeah. bought some of their merch on eBay. They bought some of it at a garage sale and they found a piece or all these different places. But Star Wars as a company doesn't know that. And right. it's not easy for them to just connect with all the other people that have that. But now it's easier to connect with other like-minded people that are into the same things you are. And those brands can add 
incentive and monetary gain to reward you for your investment or just for what you're, you know, what you've done so far. So that is a really cool way to experience brands in new ways. That's cool. Yeah. And I imagine you could turn it off too. Like I'm sure there's a mechanism, whether it be like, oh, make my profile public or not, or, you know, sure. I'm sure there would have ways for people who don't want anyone to know. Yeah. Or you just yeah, move it into different hard, hard wallets. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Speaking of community, you've gotten pretty involved in a handful of communities and I think you run a discord as well. You've obviously built up a successful YouTube channel and have built a lot of really cool relationships through that. What have you seen? Like what makes a community really valuable when you're looking at, and you're, if you're identifying a project and you want to be invested into a community or you've just, you've personally invested into a lot of different projects, how do you choose yeah. which communities is not just going to be surface level? And yeah, I hold a token from these guys, but I'm actually going to, you know, plant myself and be a builder of this community or contribute to the community. How do you decide that? What do you like when you see different communities? Yeah. Yeah. So I've tried to document the NFT space. So, and no one tried it because it's impossible. <laughs> and so I bought every NFT I could think of uh, for content purposes. But, and the upside, the great side about that is I got to take a sneak peek behind all these communities and really all of them are, everyone's still trying to build a community. There's no like crazy community yet. I, I would say, except for Board of Yacht Club, who kind of led the way as the first community. But it's pretty simple, I would say, to find, I wouldn't say any community that lasts forever because we don't, we don't know, right? But NBA Top Shop did a, a great one because there's an existing community, you know, millions, if not a billion people enjoying NBA Top Shop. So, you know, mm -hmm. that putting them into a forum where they can talk to each other. I don't think that's happened before. Maybe there's outside, right? But now there's like shared interests and they, I wouldn't say forced interaction, but because the space already kind of promoted, you know, collectors, meaning collectors like trading and whatnot, they kind of um, added that element and that kind of engaged people further monetary wise. And, you know, they, they have gained from it for trading too. They, they gamified it in that way. So, mm -hmm. so that's one, but that's existing. For new communities, the the ones that are create creative, I would say, are the ones that have you know a better outlook. Creative meaning they're not in there talking about, oh, how much is my NFT going to be worth? What am I going to get? They're they're always creating. And the best example, I hate to uh, pump my own bags here, but I'm gonna do it. Is a, <laughs> is a clone is a clone X community because the board of Yakov community is great, but it's all about a, a boys club. I would say exclusivity, right? Like you have a high barrier to entry um, to get mm -hmm. in there. But something like, I mean, Clone X is a pretty high barrier entry too. They're like the price of a car. However, the community is way different. They're not, they're not like that uh, affluent where they're not doing anything. So what I'm saying is that they're very creative. They, they are building stuff in the metaverse. Like they have a, their Clone X is saying, Hey, learn how to use this tool to build 3d objects because we're going to utilize that in metaverse. And you see out there people creating these crazy metaverse rooms, items. There's one people who even branded himself the Ikea of Clone X. So he's creating like coffee mugs and sofas and rugs for your metaverse room. Because what Clone X is, they, they gave you an NFT room, uh, a one bedroom studio to start. <laughs> uh, not one bedroom, it was just a studio. And people yeah. are decking it out with all these um, 3D renderings of objects that they're either giving for free or they're selling. Uh, that was one. Then people started making music on it. People started rapping. People started creating derivatives. People started turning their PFPs into comics. So 
you can really quickly tell you don't have to be that extravagant like building out like 3d models like clone x but there's community there's nft projects out there where the community is always creative in a way they're creating different types of derivative artworks or you know stories they're they're adding they're adding to the project versus just echoing what the project's saying like you know many projects would go out there and do like twitter raids or like let's get this influencer on board and those are the ones you kind of want to stay away from because they're not you know they're they're trying i mean they're doing what nothing bad about them they're doing what they can to market but there's other communities out there who I, either because of the project or because of the way that they promote it, they just are a different breed. I mean, they communicate differently. They they do things differently. So those are things that I would say would engage a community more. Not so much that they're going to be, you know, the top blue chip company because in the NFT landmark, I you might notice by now, but NFTs that make sense or have utility make no money. Meaning not make no money. They don't. They don't. They don't shoot to the moon. It's the meme projects that have absolutely zero utility that people, <laughs> you know, fly to the moon. It, is, it makes absolutely no sense at all. <laughs> Moonbirds and what was the other one that this, there was the one that shot up, shoot, I'm, I'm forgetting the name, Azuki, shot up Azuki? to 30 or something and now it's back yeah. down to 10, but still a, I mean, still a high project, still a high, yeah, high floor. So, right. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think I think what you're talking about too is actually having legit value versus having some influencer give you a shout out, right? Like if you're then it, it kind of organically builds that and creating opportunities for the community to invest into it and become a part of it and take steps. And so they're creating opportunities for people to learn and grow and connect with each other. And that's more valuable than just being a affluent exclusive club that people just want to be a part of because it's high profile. Right. I mean, Board Eight have like their glimmers of creativity. Like some of their owners took to, like a Board Eight and got a, a tequila a brand deal with it. <laughs> that was mm-hmm. pretty cool. So things like like things like that, right? Like you do things with your NFT. They give you the rights. What are you doing with that right? And Clonex gave everyone a million dollar usage right. And Snoop Dogg took that and it's like, oh, I'm signing mine to a record label. He signed them underneath Death Row. <laughs> so that's just one example. But smaller communities have that. Like, what are they doing with their NFT or are they just in a chat room just speculating about price audit? So really easily you can tell, all right, this community is actually, you know, pushing their community forward versus just, you know, talking about, you know, useless stuff. So you can tell right. that really, really easily. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit of using the NFT, using that profile image for a, like building a brand around it and creating brand yeah. opportunities and that kind of stuff? Because I remember when you got your rare Clonex, you had hit me up and said, hey, you're in yeah, branding yeah. and marketing. Like, what's the, like, how do I do this or something? And I didn't have a great answer for you, but now you're six months further down the line. So can you share kind of what that looks like or how to go about that? Let's get back into that. Let's, so that we can do that together, Mark. So the moment that I, man, it's been six months. I wish I did do it. Maybe I'd be a millionaire by now. (laughs) So all NFT projects give you rights to utilize your NFT for commercial usage. CryptoPunks did not do that. That's why they had a big, splash in the news when Border Yacht Club bought them and immediately gave commercial rights to the users. So that was like a big, big thing in the space. So, mm-hmm. but doesn't mean anything, right? If your NFT is not popular, then not, you might not get any branding deals with it. And maybe if it doesn't have a rarity that people like, like a golden skin ape, for example, is like, you know, really um, coveted. So just utilizing your NFT creatively 
to source, you know, it doesn't have to be brand deals. Like the, what I was thinking of is <laughs> a lot of, I'm not sure if I should share it here. Is a secret? No, I, I wouldn't say it's a secret. I'm not. I'm it's alpha. So I'm, it's probably out there. People are already doing it. So what I wanted to do when I contacted you, Mark, I was like, hey, let us be the first NFT to be backed by a social media marketing company and create the story of this particular NFT, which is a Clonex NFT, hitting that $1 million commercial rate usage. So most of it is unlimited. Most of it's like, like Board of Yacht Club, I don't think has a million dollar cap, but Clonex does. They're like, hey, you can only make a million bucks with us. And after that, then you need to talk to us about further stuff. But cry me a river. If you make a million dollars, you just go buy another NFT and have another million dollar cap. That's sure. it's not a big barrier. But no one has done that, right? No one has made a million dollars yet. So I, it probably went way above your head, but, but I was so excited I couldn't sleep. I was like, <laughs> I know someone that can shoot us through the roof. Like this guy could make me a million bucks tomorrow. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. But I was like, hey, Mark, <laughs> would you like to, in the way I was like, hey, would you like to sponsor like my, because I thought it would have been great for both of us, meaning like publicity for your agency and also for me, but also for the space, the, the NFT space yeah. needed. I wouldn't say needed it, but I definitely needed it. Now that I look back on it because there's a lot of hoopla, right? But when you hear people like Snoop Dogg signing to a record label or a board ape getting a tequila deal, like those are the things that are like actual useful, right? Versus putting it just as a profile picture. Right. Uh, so there is some type, you could ride the wave, I would say, it, if it's a very prominent project that's built a brand like Board Ape or Clone X, like you can really utilize that for monetary value. And we've seen that. So people who has branded himself the IKEA of the, uh, the Clone X community, he's made like thousands selling mm-hmm. just cups, digi- digital cups to people like myself, who's like, I'm not making a digital cup, but I would like to show it off. Like I want right. to show off my virtual showroom. So utilizing that, uh, any NFT you have is something that I would say is something that everyone should go try and experience. Because even if you don't make a million dollars, at least you'll learn life skills like marketing, branding, communications, right? Sure. So so what I wanted to do for my Clonex, this is after I didn't get the green light from you. Like, oh, I was like, Mark's not very excited about it. But it's easy <laughs> to see that. Now I can see why, because you just got involved. You're like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> but yeah. Uh, but keep that in your mind because it still hasn't happened yet, Mark. The million right. dollar. Um, I like the no idea. Now, no. I've, now I've got a little more context around it. It makes more sense. I like it. Yeah, Time Magazine will pick it up. They'll be like, oh my God, someone hit a million dollar. Like, <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing though. And think about it for a company like Adidas bought a board ape, right? And so they, dro- yeah. you know, they dropped whatever it was, 80 grand on it or 100 grand at the time. Nothing. And it immediately yeah. doubled. And, yeah. and now even more so. But for brands looking to, okay, how do I bring my community along with me or create a splash or get some PR or whatever as a marketing play. If you think yeah. about buying a, you know, if you are in Ikea and you bought a Clonex, then you're the person that becomes the Ikea of, you know, their metaverse or mm-hmm. whatever. Like there's opportunities to position your brand in a new way and be a first mover because right now it's early enough that a lot of people yeah. haven't done those things. And there's a lot of low hanging fruit, I guess, in that space to capitalize on it and get, PR and excitement and energy and engage a whole new set of community. Like I downloaded the Adidas app. I don't, I mean, I'm not a sneakerhead. I have never, yeah. well, I shouldn't say never. I haven't bought a pair of Adidas shoes in a long time, but I got the app because they bought a board oh. ape and I was like, I want to follow along and see what they're doing. And I'm excited about this. So they engaged right. a whole new set of community that just by, and they bought it essentially by buying a board ape, which ended up being a brilliant investment as well outside of the PR they generated. So I think there's a lot of opportunities like that. There's huge opportunity for brands and I'm not in social media marketing or, or working with big brands, but I think that's why brands, uh, or I think brands are doing it completely wrong. Even NBA Topshop, they had like this money printing machine and they 
supposedly got really greedy, which I think they did. They had the opportunity. Um, they're stepping back now to give, uh, what does Gary Vee say, right? Like give value first and then ask later, mm -hmm. right? Like all these brands have the opportunity to just give so much value and lock everyone in for like a long time and be like lifelong fans. But instead everyone's just trying to print money. But when you just keep constantly give value, I mean, people will stick with you. I don't know why that, that first step is so not understood for brands with millions and billions of dollars, right? It's like, come on, you guys can do it. And now they're starting to do like, oh, you know, all right, mm -hmm. fine. Let's give you a, a suite, you know, and then now they're sending people to championship games, playoff games. But they, it took like a community just to just like revolt pretty much. But we see, I mean, I've, this is the first time I've seen big billion dollar brands like listen as quickly as they do because in the NBA Top Shot community, uh, they, they, they're very loud about what they want. So yeah. it's, it's opportunity to engage and see what people want. I mean, it's, it's not their fault. It's, they're trying to hit numbers, you know, during COVID and they're like, oh, we can print money. Why not? You know, so that's, that's yeah. pretty much what brands are doing. They're like, oh, let's hit our quota. You know, like, oh, let's print $200 million real quick. And that's what's happening. You know, you think you talk about rug pulls. It's like these brands are doing rug pulls. <laughs> It's yeah. like, that's what's happening. Um, but yeah, there's opportunity to engage and give so much value uh, for brands. So yeah, I look forward to, you know, brands giving more value. Right. 100%. Awesome. Well, we're, we're running short on time here. Is there anything else that would be good to discuss while I got you here? Any other wisdom you want to drop on the audience? <laughs> wisdom? No, definitely not. Uh, like we're all still learning the space. So I'm super excited, you know, to see what, nft space is going to evolve into you know like you're documenting it i'm documenting it so mm -hmm. just love to chat with everyone who has some creative ideas I, I think the only thing I, the wisdom i would say is if you have an idea go do it because nfts have really they they leveled the playing field a lot more for the average person you know even above and beyond the kickstarter because you know people are like, oh why can't i do this with the kickstarter it's like well you can't own everything right you can't own what you're producing but if you create nft you can own that so that's i would encourage everyone if they even have like an itch like go do it <laughs> don't quit your jobs right away but you know <laughs> definitely go out there because you know web one is read read only right web two is read and write and then web three is read write and own so like that's the simplest mm -hmm. way when i heard i was oh i'm stealing that and, and now we have an opportunity to you know be a big player in the space so i encourage everyone like anyone who's like should i start an ft i'm like yes go do it yes yeah and yeah, yeah, start, I think the, yeah, best place to learn that is NFT Seattle is what I heard. That's that's what I heard too. I heard there's yes. there's two really good opportunities to learn. There's NFT Seattle and there's also Retalk Fire. It's a YouTube channel. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, Joe, <laughs> but it's pretty good. No, I, I have not heard of it. Yeah, no, I heard it. I'm going to go subscribe right now. No, but I'm honestly, go there's... subscribe right now. Yeah. There, there's like this, was a transition of, of wealth, right? We saw that in the crypto and now we're seeing that in NFTs. And that, don't let this, you know, bear market... No, slow. It's not slowing down. It's like the tsunami coming, and but there's opportunity for us to get involved. So everyone should go out and get involved. Awesome. So beyond subscribing to the YouTube channel Real Talk Fire with Joe Chu, what is what's the other best place to connect with you, or is that the spot? That is the spot for right now. Yeah, that is the spot. Cool. Awesome. I'll link that in the show notes. And appreciate your time, man. Enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, me too. Thanks so much. First first podcast ever, right? First podcast, but not the last, because I'm going to make Mark invite me back all the time. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, round two. Cool, yeah, be, be, be on the watch out for the million dollar story, because I think it's happening. Me and Mark's going to work on it after this podcast. We'll make it happen. Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs>